Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place that the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. thank God for this sacred time and every week I'm amazed that God allows me to come and to stand in this holy place and I praise God for the privilege I praise God for each of you and all of those who are streaming I praise God for those who slept in Thank God for those who are still in their pajamas. I praise God for those who could care less. <laughs> I praise God for those who did not allow the ice to be their excuse. I praise God. I praise God. Let us pray. Most holy and everlasting God, some of us have had a week of turbulence trials and tribulations. Some of us, Lord. Some of us, oh God, have been in dangerous situations. And some of us have been mistreated and neglected. But because you are God, you give us a space where we can come to be rejuvenated by the Spirit. So Lord, we thank you for worship. And right now, dear God, we shake off anything that is not of you. And we ask, oh God, that in the midst of whatever is happening in the flesh, that you will move us to a position of faith so that we can worship you in spirit and in truth. Thank you, God, for Pleasant Grove Church. Thank you for every church. And Lord, we declare worship in the name of Jesus, and we bind the enemy or anything that will come against us in the name of Jesus. And we ask right now for a fresh anointing, dear God. I pray that you will give me everything that I need. I pray that you will give me every word. I pray, dear God, that you will minister to my very mind, body, soul, and spirit, and that everything I say and do will be pleasing unto you. 
I ask all of these blessings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. amen. Let the church say amen. amen. Let the church say it again. Amen. You know, down home, you had to do it three times. Let the church say it again. Amen. amen. That was Pastor Leroy Borkins. That's right. He only preached two hours, but he had to have three amens. One day I'm going to try that and see what happens. Yeah. One day, one day. What you think, Bacon? One day, you know? Yeah, one day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glory to God. I know my people. You know, a difficult part of my assignment is that most of you don't know my assignment. And my assignment is to get people into the presence of God. And as pastor, it is my responsibility to do whatever it takes to get you where God wants you to be. And of course, there are times when there's resistance to what God wants us to do. And sometimes we respond by flesh and not by faith. And so today, this word, I pray, will give you a better perspective of who you are and what God expects of you. In Genesis, which you have already read, chapter 3, and in verse number 8, the word says that the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking Bruce in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. But, verse number 9, the Lord called to them, where are you? Isn't it awesome that we serve a God that will call to us and ask, where are you? Have you ever been on the outskirts of town and God asked the question, where are you? And so today, my focus is the choice that we must make every day. We make hundreds of choices every day without even thinking about it. What am I going to wear? What am I going to eat? What will I have for breakfast? How will I comb my hair? Which hair piece will I wear today? Will I get a haircut? What color will I wear? And so my sermon title is The Choice. But I also remind you that we have to be careful about the choice. Because the choice is we can follow our flesh or we can follow our faith. And what I've learned over my 35 plus years in ministry, if you don't spend enough time building your faith, you will find yourself living in flesh because that's all you have. And you see, when we live in the flesh, we give the enemy the keys to the kingdom. Flesh is the part of a body that made of muscles and fat. The soft tissue of the body of a vertebrate, mainly muscle, tissue, and fat. And another term for flesh is alternate name for the body of a human being. In John chapter 6 and verse number 63, John said, It is the spirit that gives life, and it is the flesh of no avail. 
Let me say that again. It's the spirit that gives life, and the flesh is of no avail. Scripturally, the spirit gives life to man as its vital principle of supernatural life. Contrasting flesh is associated with sin. And John uses flesh in two ways, be it the word made flesh, essential for life, or the human flesh below God. The superficial judges things based on physical appearance. Let me see. What is a, a fleshly conversation is that a person walks in, Miss Margaret walks in with her new hat. And everybody's telling Miss Margaret how good she looks in her new hat. And so with our short-term memories and ability to be focused, we're looking at the hat and what we're wearing rather than looking up at God. And that's one of the reasons, Minister Karen, that worship is so hard because we do not know how to move from a position of flesh to a position of faith. And when we move to a position of faith, it really doesn't matter what you have on. What matters is what comes out of you. And so the focus today is to help us to understand that the flesh will take you to hell. The flesh will take you to hell. That's what the Bible says. Classy Preston did not say that. But faith in Jesus Christ will give you eternal deliverance. The Bible has a lot to say. Oh, no, an applaud. Let me wait just a minute. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. I have people who even run from me because they don't want to know what God told me about them. I have people who turn the corner quickly when I show up, and I know why, because they don't want to know what the Lord said to me. And I find that I can just find them another way. I just go out the back door after them and tell them anyway what God said to me. There are many Bible verses related to flesh in Romans. Paul says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. In Galatians 5, and I can email this to you if you want it, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, and lavishness. And then in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, Paul said, that hath no temptation taken you, such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will the temptation also make a way of escape. What are you talking about, Paul? Meaning that God is not going to put anything before you that you cannot overcome because you have to have the power. When you have the power of God, you can overcome and you will not find yourself in a fleshly situation. Now, God does not allow us to be tested. It says temptation also make a way of escape. How many of you have ever escaped in the name of Jesus? Lord, if you just let me get out of here this time. Lord, if you just let me move out of this and this time. Oh, come on. You're in church, but you ought to tell the truth. There are times when we have to escape. Romans 8, 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. 
If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are what? Above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. In other words, flesh takes us down and faith lifts us up. Say it again, Pastor, what? Flesh takes us down. Why don't you say that? Flesh takes us down, but faith takes us up. Oh, baby, you look good today. No, I'm not your baby. And that's inappropriate. I want you to bless me with a prayer. Don't tell me how I look, because I know I don't look that good. So what I want you to do, and what I'm saying is that we have this struggle all day, every day, trying to figure out how do we move from flesh to faith? Can I get a witness? There are some factors that distinguish us according to the flesh. Our appearance, how we look. You sure look good in that blue sweater. I was telling Reverend Marlon that that's Reverend Marlon, those are some nice looking shoes. Well, see, that was a fleshly moment of looking at his shoes. I should have said, Reverend Marlon, how was your week? Did the Lord deliver you from anything? Or do you need me to pray for you right now? You see the difference? We come into worship to worship God, but then we begin to admire how people look and their hairstyle and what they're wearing, and we forget all about worship. We begin to look at those things about them, their appearance. Malik Harrell looks longer this week than last week. Sister Shireen has her boots on, and are they the same boots you had on last week? Or are they new boots? I don't know. We got, is that Deborah Burwell up in here? I thought I knew her, but I'm looking around. And is that Tyrone, the new guy who's singing all these songs? Where's his wife Ruth? She over there. You see, they were caught up in the flesh. When you get caught up in the flesh, Deacon feel you lose sight of God. When you get caught up in the flesh and whether or not your lipstick is the right color, you are not, you're caught up. And we come in to worship, to worship God. Our ability, our age, our friends, our race, we look at people and we easily define them. You know, she's that colored girl, that black girl, you know, with the big body, and she comes in church and she sits over there. We call things based on flesh and appearance. And what God is trying to help us see that we need to reflect differently and we need to look for a moment that we can be a blessing of faith versus looking at the flesh that should not be glorified. Because I've discovered it doesn't matter what type of mascara you wear or how much you pay for your moisturizer. Aging is aging. I don't care what you do with all of that. If you old, you just old. And people age differently. But some of us spend so much time root with the flesh trying to look young, we miss an opportunity to have a date with God. And you see, as I reflected on these issues, I found myself wondering, why are all these issues so sad? Why do people get sensitive? We come to church, Reverend Tony, to bless the name of the Lord. We come in here so that we can come together, have spiritual power to worship the Lord. We come in here not to talk about how we look in the flesh, but how can we grow in the spirit? I wish I had a witness. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16, 
Here is something that is unique and wonderful in the body of Christ. The things that make us different according to the flesh are overwhelmed by the new life of Jesus that we share in the body of Christ. In other words, when you come into the body of Christ, you have spiritual surgery and the Lord Jesus himself takes all the sin and the hate and the fleshly things away from you and, and, and replenishes you with faith. Can I get a witness that all the things of the flesh that the Lord takes? How many of you say, I, I almost told you something? I almost, I'm glad I don't curse anymore because I almost told you something. Oh, you didn't look at me right. Don't be making me. I, I can go back. Don't make me go back to what I used to be. Don't make me go back to the cursing I used to do. Don't make me go back where I used to stay out all night long. Don't make me go back where I was a sinner and I didn't care who knew. Don't make me go back to what I used to be because flesh will always take you back. But faith will always take you forward. I want a better hand clap than that. Woo, that was good. Hey, Jessica, did you get that on tape? Hey, okay. Jesus said to the Pharisees that you judge according to the flesh, but I judge no one, John 8, 15. We know from other scriptures that Jesus will be the judge of every person. The Father has entrusted all judgment to the Son. Jesus is not denying that. And what Jesus is doing in Matthew 25, Jesus is saying whether you do good or evil, there is a place for you. And what Jesus is saying is that the bedroom in the mansion is not like the one in hell. And Jesus is saying that those on the right will be given privilege because they have honored the Lord with their life. And then Jesus, I didn't make this up, Miss Lily, said that those on the left who did not care about the hungry, did not care about the sick, did not care about the naked, did not go to prison, walked by people who didn't have housing or have anything at all, there is a place for you too. But many of us don't want to talk about that. We want to hear the good stuff. Many of us don't want to ever be called upon, and, and, and we don't believe in doing everything that the Lord told us to do. I don't have the right to tell anyone what to do, but I can advise you based on what I know. And what I know is that our God is faithful. And what I know is, is that if you stick with God and his commandments, that you shall rise up. It seems crazy to me that Adam and Eve had everything. How can you be in a perfect situation? The trees are blooming and there is no pollen. A perfect situation. You don't have to cook dinner. A perfect situation. You don't have to take a bath. A perfect situation, you just clean all the time. A perfect situation, you don't have to get your nails done. A perfect situation, your hair remains the same color and the gray is not as bright. 
a perfect situation. Your husband loves you and you love him and you have peace together every day sitting under the tree, Deacon Gino, just looking in her eyes and telling her how much you love her. And then she looks at you and says, well, I love you too. And then you just lose sight of time, that time keeps passing on because you're just caught up in love. And all of a sudden you look, look at you, Serene. Ed is back there. He's looking at you now going, that is my wife, Lord. Look at that. Look at that. Randolph's trying to keep himself together. You see what I'm saying? The flesh wants him to look at Deborah, but the Lord is saying, you better listen so you can get this sermon. The flesh is saying, look at Sammy, but the Lord is saying, leave Sammy alone. you see Sammy later. So what I'm trying to say is that we have to be intentional. Yes, Linda is beautiful, and they're over there holding hands, but how can you hold hands and think about God at the same time? We were members of Third Baptist Church, Toledo, Ohio, and there was a little lady in the choir. This little lady's name was Gladys. She was a little lady, and Kelly, her wig, was one-third of her. It was real big. And she was tough every Sunday. And I was an associate minister there, and she came up to me one Sunday. She said, can I tell you something? I said, yeah, go on and tell me. You know what I'm saying? And she said, it's hard to look at Deacon Jay and think about God at the same time. Deacon Jay and think about God at the same time. And I said, baby, he is not a cheap date. So if you take him home, it will cost you something. And so what I'm trying to get you to understand is that you came in here to worship God. And we ought to worship God in spirit and in truth. We, if we came in here to worship God, where is our Holy Ghost power? If we came here to worship God, why are you still sitting there looking as if nothing matters at all? If you came to worship God, why can't you praise God just a little bit like you did last night? If you came in here to worship God, why is it so hard to say amen? If you came to worship God, why can't you just say hallelujah? Hallelujah. 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 My God is real. Because Paul said that the Lord, the Lord created a perfect world. And at the end of each day of creation, the Lord declared it was good. 
Our world is no longer perfect because humans have decided to be disobedient to God. Humans have forgiven a free will. God does not want you to love him because you have to. God wants us to love him because we choose him. How many of you have chosen God? Come on, how many of you have chosen God? How many of you are willing to say that I have chosen God? I've chosen God. I don't care what you say. I'm staying with God. I don't care what it means. I'm staying with God. And one of even more disobedience leads to death, but obedience leads to life. Paul said, I know what it means to live in humble circumstances. And I know what it is to have more than enough. How many of you, can I get a witness that you learn to live? And I'm a circumstances. I, I've learned how to live being called colored. I've learned how to live being called names. I've learned how to live with the looks and the stares. I've learned how to live with the criticism. I have learned how to live with the critiques. I have learned how to live in a world that does not always embrace every human being. I have learned how to live during troubling times. I've learned how to live in turmoil. I've learned how to live live in wars. I've learned how to live when people walk away. I've learned how to live when people lie. I've learned how to live when people don't tell the truth. I've learned how to live when people don't do the right thing. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. And Paul is saying here, while well, having plenty or not enough, it's time for us to learn how to live. Let me remind you of something, that all of us will have a season and we will be in the cool of the day. It's in the cool of the day that David looked at Bathsheba. It's in the cool of the day when Saul decided to disobey God. It's in the cool of the day when your mind wanders and you look at things that should not belong to you. It's in the cool of the day that you say, well, I would give more, but I don't know what the church does with the money. It's in the cool of the day when you cannot multiply. It's in the cool of the day, Deacon Don, when people cannot calculate 10%. I don't believe in making people feel bad about their lack of giving, but I believe that it's right to encourage people to care about the things that Jesus cares about. And you see, in the cool of the day, I'm more important than the person who's hungry. In the cool of the day, Faye Mims Barbie, I am more important than the person who has no clothes. 
In the cool of the day, I'm more important than that person in prison who has not had a visitor for five years, but I don't have time to go because I have other things to do. In the cool of the day, I, I can walk by the naked and not say a word at all because I know that I'm looking good. In the cool of the day, I don't care about the thirsty because I'm not thirsty myself and I'm only focused on me. And the danger at the cool of the day is that you will live by flesh and not by spirit. Why is it so hard to do what's right? Why is it so hard to serve God with all of your soul, your heart, your mind, your strength? Why is it? Because the flesh is always pulling at you. And we need to understand is that flesh will take you to the left, but faith will take you to the right. And so what I'm saying, all of us will have the cool of a day moment. You're laying in bed and it's 4.59 and the alarm goes off and you go, you know what, I don't feel like getting up right now. You know what, I'm just going to lay here and see what happens. In the cool of the day, you say, I'm not going over there. I see the weather report. In the cool of the day, they say it's going to storm. In the cool of the day, you make excuses for everything. I would usher, but my legs are old. I, I would give, but I don't have anything. I would go to the kitchen, but I don't cook like I used to. I would preach just a minute, but I don't have the voice. I would sing, but it puts too much pressure on me. They want me to wear black and white, and I want to wear blue and yellow. I I will preach a little bit more, but they don't ever say amen. In the cool of the day, we say that God is not important. And in the cool of the day, we marginalize God, a God who has given us everything, a God who has given us treasures, a God who has set us up for, for, for success, a God who has given us enough worldly things. You know what? Some of us can't be blessed because it takes us away from God. And God can't bless all of us because a new house makes you forget God. God can't bless us because you begin to worship your new car and you gotta show it off to everybody. It's in the cool of the day when you gotta invite people over to let them know how much stuff you have. It's in the cool of the day that you call people names. It's in the cool of the day when you don't care about what's going around you. It's in the cool of the day that you sit and do nothing. It's in the cool of the day that you don't even stand up and worship. It's in the cool of the day. I ain't doing but three songs. I don't care how long she preach. I'm gonna do these three songs. Are you in the cool of the day? Let us pray. Lord, we are in the cool of the day. And Lord, I, I feel the breeze in the garden. My Lord. And Lord, I see Adam and Eve, and I see Pleasant Grove, and I see your people, and you've given them everything. And even though they were disobedient, God, we love you because you showed up. We love you because you loved us enough to ask, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? So God, thank you for the question. 
Thank you for saving our lives. Thank you for giving us a way out. Thank you for being an eternal God. Thank you. We've been through many dangers, toils, and snares, but God, we keep thanking you because you keep blessing us over and 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 over again. Thank you, God. So God, wherever we are right now, we ask that you will speak to us and that you will give us a faith strong enough to return to you and that you will give us the Holy Ghost power to deny flesh and raise up our faith. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. In the cool of the, see, in the cool of the day, you won't thank God, but in the cool of the day, you need to thank God for every breath we take. Thank God for every time we wake up. Thank God. It could have been a penalty of death, but because God is God, we thank God that in the midst of my sins you saved me. We ought to thank God when I denied you, oh God. You did not turn on me. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519, or call us at 919-363-5198, or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org.